Isn't the universe big enough for both of us? <laughs> what is wrong with you people? We could work together. Why be enemies? Because we're different? Is that why? Think of the things that we could do. Think how strong we would be. Earth and Mars. Together. There is nothing that we could not accomplish. Think about it. Think about it. Why destroy when you can create? We can have it all. Or we can smash it all. Why can't we work out our differences? Why can't we work things out? Little people. Why can't we all just get along? Say what you mean. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I am your host, Jeff. I'm the other host, Jake. What's up, dude? Not a whole lot, man. Just got off work. Yeah, I know. You were pouring concrete yesterday or yeah, cement? So, yeah, well, I started working with my dad back in high school on okay. his concrete crew, and then I've helped him periodically over oh. the summer since then, and now that I've got a ton of time on my hands and not in summer school right. or anything like that, I, I need some extra money. So yeah, that's cool that you have that option, though. For sure. Um, yeah, I te- we we were trying to game last night, and you're just like, I'm out. I'm yeah, going to bed. I, I was so tired. Dude, I don't blame you. That sounds like, and it was hot out. Mm-hmm. How long did you work? Uh, I worked, I started at 6.30, and I, I got home probably about 3 or 4. Ugh, gosh. On a, okay, Friday, but it was your day off from nor- your other job? Yeah. Oh, God. Well, and I had to call in all week. Um, I had to take all of this week off of Fisherman's uh-huh. because I was I had I was selected for jury duty. Oh, so I had to call every single night at five thirty. My my group never ended up getting called. Uh huh. So I had this entire week where I was just either picking up shifts with at Fisherman's, yeah. or working with my dad. Oh. So I worked like two days with my dad, and I worked three days at Fisherman's. You know what's funny is I was thinking about this uh, earlier. Um, so <laughs> I don't talk to you all week. And I kind of I kind of do it on purpose so that when we do this and we sit down to record, it's like catch up and then we can just vent and just go nuts with Mm -hmm. everything. But not that I don't like talking to you, but it's just it's like even playing video games. I'm like, oh, I hope I hope he doesn't bring anything up that we could possibly (laughs) talk on the talk about on the podcast. Um, But with that said, I did I did come. I so you have some things that you want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um. 
and I think that both of us are kind of feeling politically exhausted. Uh, yeah, it's been, dude, it's a freaking political jackhammer right now. <laughs> just getting, oh, man, I can't keep up with it. Right. It's just constantly just being hammered with things. But before we get into all that, I, I there's some fun things I wanted to talk about. Let's do um, it. We need, we, need, we need to relax for sure. Bit. I'm really eye strung right now. I know, dude. Uh, me too, even, and we'll get into it, but just... Every day, I'm just shaking my head like, what is happening? It's nuts. Yeah. But so what I want to talk about today is <laughs> I'm constantly calling you out on your little quirks. Oh, um, gosh. I'm not doing that today. Ha. Today, we're going to talk about... Huh? I got a reprieve. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a break. Um, I want to talk about guilty pleasures and, ah, and just okay. was wondering if you had any. Um, I have a few. I think that mine are mostly about... Um, like television shows, um, okay. but I was wondering if if you had anything that you considered like a guilty pleasure, or when you tell somebody that you're into it. I mean, besides the Jets, um, <laughs> <laughs> that you're just a little bit ashamed. Um, so, is there anything that you can think of? And if if you need a minute, I can tell you what I yeah, wrote. Let's, okay. let's go with let's go with you. First. Okay, so <laughs> I have three TV shows actually that I wrote down. Um, the first one is Judge Judy. Oh, goodness. I freaking love Judge Judy. She's and, sassy. Oh, she's so sassy. And Jen and I will DVR her show. <laughs> DVR? Dude, we have like 80 episodes. Oh, my. 80? <laughs> backed up that we need to watch. What? Oh, my God. And like, we'll never get caught up, but we'll just it's like. It's like recording the news. It is. It is literally like recording the news. And, oh, she's such a savage. And, she, dude, she's she's smart. And honestly, I've told Jen this a few times. When I hear her just go off, I'm like, man, maybe I want to get into law. Like, she's crushing it. Mm -hmm. Maybe I want to be the next Judge Judy. That would be so awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> All rise for the Honorable <laughs> ju Judge Jeff Lopez. Yeah. Oh, it, the she's people, the best. <laughs> the people's court. Right. Um, we watched that one, too, a little bit, but not as religiously as we do Judge Judy. Uh, like, she, she's, like, she's a rock star. Dude, she's awesome. None, no one, like, Joe Brown. Back in the day, right, pretty good, right. No one, no one holds a candle to. What about Millian? I've never really watched. Yeah, she's 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 the people's court. Oh, it, oh, is she the redhead? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I didn't know she's her name. She's good too, but mostly the guy who interviews people when they come out of people's court. Mm -hmm. He so Judy is a savage in the courtroom the entire time. The guy who interviews on people's court when they come out, he. He's the savage of that show. Not that Million Million will rip into some people if she needs to, mm -hmm. but if there's like some shady people on People's Court, this guy he's really weird and he talks kind of out the side of his mouth and he's just and and Harvey from uh, TMZ's on that show. He's interviewing people on the street what? and whenever he sends it to Harvey on on the street, he'll go Harvey and he he just sounds weird. <laughs> he makes this just weird face, but people will come out of the courtroom and he's like. Uh, so you're kind of a scumbag. Like, he doesn't say <laughs> that, but he's implying that in oh, the questions goodness. that he's asking. Oh, he's great. Um, so whenever whenever we watch People's Court, like, we just look, Jen and I will look at each other and just go, Harvey? Because we know it's coming. He says Harvey <laughs> almost exactly the same way every time. Um, I don't judge you for watching Judge Judy, Okay, though. good. Because like, I, I grew up watching that with my grandma in the mornings right. and stuff. So. I never watched it, like, at all. And then Jen was like, I kind of, Jen has always loved Judge Judy. She's always told me she loved Ju Judge Judy. So one day I sat down. She always gets me into this crap. 
always gets me into this <laughs> crap. She's like, you should watch Judge Judy with me. And I'm like, okay, I guess. And then, like, I'm her biggest fan. Like, I need a Judge Judy t-shirt and stuff. <laughs> I don't think she's aged. Dude, she's like 72. She looks good. And she's best friends with Shaq. No way. Yeah. That's the perfect pairing right? of all time. There's a picture I saw recently. They were both at a, a baseball game, and he was holding her in, in his arms. <laughs> it was awesome because she's super Shaq. small. Yeah. And he's massive, mm-hmm. so he's just holding her like like a baby. It was awesome. Did you ever watch Shaq when he hosted uh, Kimmel's show? He needed his monologue. Uh-uh. Oh, if you get a chance, you should go okay. watch that. Okay. I love Kimmel, so I'll check hilarious. that out. Um, so my other guilty pleasure is uh, Big Brother. And I don't know. Have I talked to, talked to you about a Big Brother? A little bit, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm obsessed with Big Brother. Um, it's gotten a little more. I don't know. It's the same type of people. Everybody's ripped. Everybody's a little douchey. Back in the day, it was very real people. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of plucked like. But now it's you have the these. Um, uh, just these caricatures you have the jock you have the nerd you have the just the meathead yeah these archetypes that right they just, fill. Okay. just every time and it's always the same um and so this is this uh this year's season just started uh okay. last week so um i'm annoyed by everybody and i hate everybody <laughs> and that's how every season starts i just can't stand anybody until like two or three weeks in, and then I'm like, okay, I'm totally on this guy's side. Um, but maybe that has to do with like the glam of the beginning of the show, because they're kind of you're kind of building everybody up, and people kind of try to set alliances. But um, once you get into the show, and people kind of settle into the house and get to be a little more real, then people start lying to each other and turning on each other. It's something I've always wanted to do: <laughs> is go on that show um, again. See, so it's season 20 now. Um, Jen was watching season 11, um, and I was I just walk in one day, and she's watching it. I'm like, what is this? She's like, it's Big Brother, and not a fan of reality shows, not a fan of, like, these game shows, and I just made fun of her for it, and now I couldn't be a bigger fan of it. <laughs> like, I want to go and try out. They had a casting call in uh, at Alienade, the casino. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was in March. Fitting and environment for that show. Right, and I, I should have gone. I should have gone, but, I mean, we were in school, and it was just, like, spring break time, but it wasn't spring break, and... I want to do it, and I wanted to go, but they didn't have they don't have anybody from the Northwest on this season, so hmm. I'm wondering what the point of the casting call was up here. Maybe for a future season? Maybe. Maybe. Um, but so that's the thing about, so I've looked into, uh, into um, getting on the show, Okay. and so if you go to the casting call, usually they're in California. They had one up here. I should have taken advantage of it, but I didn't. Um, and if they, if you make, there's like rounds that you have to make it through through interviewing. So if say if I made it up here and they wanted me, then I would have to like pay for myself to fly to California to possibly make it to a next round, and then fly myself again for you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it's just like this huge investment to maybe get on it. Um, but I've done enough research to know what they're looking for, and gotcha. you kind of just have to be extreme in your in your views which is easy in these days oh, yeah. but i mean one guy was just like i'm all about the second amendment i take my gun everywhere i love my gun and it's like once you see the guy on the show he doesn't mention his gun once but 
to get on the show, yeah, that's who he is. You have to be a little controversial. They want to know that you can turn it up to a, right. to a level. So, love that show. Obsessed with that show. I don't really feel bad telling people about it, but, I mean, it is cheesy. It is, you know, it's like Survivor or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's one that I've always... I just, I one day, if I could go on, I'll be the old guy. I don't care. Just get me on that show someday. I think that would be great. Um, just a social experiment of just watching people team up. And, I mean, obviously, it's TV, so it's played up. And there's behind-the-scenes stuff that you're not seeing. But there are, like, live feeds that you can watch of these people, and it's great. How do you think you would fare on that show? <sighs> I think it, it, it would be hard for me not to be the guy who manipulates his way or manipulates others into either creating alliance or you know what i mean mm -hmm. getting people to do things and for me not to rub it in their face <laughs> that i got them to do it that would be the hardest part because if you do those things if you can convince people to do things you cannot say anything about it you just have to let it. the one of the greatest contestants who won um was this undercover cop from new york and he came in and he was very clean cut and like had like like a goatee. And by the end of the season, he had a beanie. He was dressing like a hipster. Like he had completely changed his entire personality to fit the house. And because of his training as a police officer was just dropping these little like just little nuggets of information and just planting ideas in people's heads and then they would think it was their own and you if, from a fan watching on tv you could see that they're they're thinking that it's their idea but you've seen Derek kind of plant the seed in their head that's pretty fascinating oh it was amazing and he won the whole season and then at the end of the season you get a chance there's it comes down to two people you have a jury of like the last seven people who are in the show and it, you have to compete and you get to take you get to choose who you take to the end out of the last three. And then the two of you are interviewed by the jury. But you also get a chance to tell them why you deserve to win. And he had memorized every seed he planted and was like, this person, I told you to do this, did I not? And they were in the jury and they're like, yeah. And he goes, you thought that was your idea. It wasn't. I said it on this day and you did it on this day. You, I said it on you, the next one. He'd point to the next one and he would just tell them everything that he told them to do. And they didn't even realize they had done it because of him telling them. Wow. It's fascinating. It's so interesting. I mean, you have some weak seasons. Um, last season was kind of funny because the, the villain, he was kind of a villain. He was obnoxious. He's a younger guy banging pots and pans in the faces of uh, the house guests just to get them emotionally just strung out, you think he's going to get kicked out within the first two weeks, and he won the whole thing. Wow. And it's like 99 days or something like that. Jesus. So. That'd be a lot of, that'd be a, lot, a long time living with some people like that. Right. Just obnoxious, constantly torturing you. And so I, I love watching just the, the, the mind game of it all is, is what I'm obsessed with. Sure. Um, and finally, my last TV show, Guilty Pleasure, is they brought it back on Netflix. Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but they just call it Queer Eye now. Have you ever mm -hmm. seen it? No. Okay. It's awesome. <laughs> I keep hearing that it's good. Dude, it's great. And, and I'd be really open to watching it. I just haven't got around yeah. to it. Yeah. So, again, Jen's been watching it, and I sit down, and I'll, just be, I'll be kind of watching and paying attention to the background. The guys are hilarious. The guys are great. Um, they have some some 
people on there that are looking for these makeovers who maybe would be um against homosexuals who then like engage with these people and then realize you know like oh they're just people isn't isn't that how you get everybody like tamed down on their right (laughs) right just let them be around someone maybe they they judge before meeting them yeah exactly yeah it's a great show it's super cool we were just watching it before you got here actually oh really yeah and she was like do you want me to pause it so you can see the end of this episode and i told her hell no i'm gonna make jake sit down and watch the rest of this episode (laughs) we didn't obviously but i would sit down yeah so those are my three kind of guilty pleasure TV shows. I have guilty pleasure music, and um, but I just think that you know Judge Judy, Big Brother, and Queer Eye are kind of silly things that you might not think I'd be into, but I'm actually kind of super into. I don't think those are too bad, though. Okay. I mean, they're not. It's not really trash TV, right? Like if it's, it's not like Real Housewives, where like they're all pretty much. Do you watch that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh God. How did how was that? How did that not make the list? Well, because it's not like something I like thoroughly enjoy. Oh, okay. Like Jen will watch it, and it'll be on, and I'll watch it also. But sure. it's not like, hey, save that episode because I want to watch it with you. <laughs> I think the only other one that I could say that I'm kind of interested in just watching the drama is Teen Mom. But oh Lord, Kylie. <laughs> Kylie watches that. I cannot watch that she, show. I, I think Kylie I and I are actually best friends. You guys would be much better <laughs> friends than you and I are. <laughs> Reliant K and Teen Mom. Dude, she watches religiously Teen Mom. So does Jen. And I can't. I've tried to sit down and watch that right. show. I can't watch these people consistently get themselves into drama seemingly on purpose. Right. They're not. I don't know if they're doing it on purpose right. or not. But they are so dumb sometimes. <laughs> they just sure. consistently get themselves in these shitty right. situations. I'm like, I can't watch these people like consistently screw up because of their own stupidity yeah. and their inability to change right. in right. any way. Well, you definitely have some moms who have changed and who have kind of avoided the drama. But, I mean, Jen, like I said, Jen watches it all the time. And I'll just sit there. And there's like one mom in particular that I'm just like I cannot stand her. She drives me crazy. Which one? Uh, Kale. Kale. She's on Teen Mom OG. Nah. Okay. I'm not. On she OG. just drives me crazy. Okay. But Jen, I'm sure, like, Ki- I'm sure Kylie knows. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ky- uh, you know who I'm talking about. So Jen will. Um, Jen listens to her podcast, mm-hmm. so she like knows all about like what's going on in the background and like behind the scenes. Um. So I'll be like, I hate Kale whenever the show is on. And she's like, uh, actually, on this last episode, she explained what was going on on this season. So you hate her for the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there are shows that I watch. But as far as Guilty Pleasures, I think those are the three shows that I enjoy. Um, that you actually watch religiously right. on your own. Like, you choose to watch right. those. Right. Okay. And I'll, I'll watch those other shows with Jen, like <laughs> Real Housewives and stuff. But... Mm-hmm. Just because she's like, well, I got shows I can watch. I'm like, all right, watch them. And sure. I'll just hang out. Okay. But not they're not m- our shows. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. For me, um, just thinking, uh, for I love Dancing with the Stars. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Judging. I know. You should judge me. <laughs> I don't, I've kind of stopped watching it in the last few seasons. Okay. Because it's gotten really watered down. And they just. Okay. There's, now it's like you said, like with Big Brother, it started out as like really good um like celebrities right and now they're just character characters right where they have the old the old mm-hmm, woman mm-hmm. The, the 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 crusty weird pervert guy okay who's like 
gets a little too uh, saucy. A crusty, with, weird celebrity. Um, <laughs> like Adam Carolla. I love he, Adam Carolla. I, I like Adam Carolla too, but he's okay. no place on Dancing for sure, with for the sure. Stars. For like, sure. come on. Okay. And uh, but yeah, so. I, I watched Dancing with Stars religiously. Interesting. And uh, not up until like the last few seasons. Because uh-huh. now it's just dominated by athletes, and I just don't really oh. find that fair. Right. Right. So you've got like ice skaters right. are essentially professional dancers, For but sure. on ice. Like, you want to see the struggle. Yeah. Like, right. I want to see them actually be humans out there, yeah. and not just like pro- basically professionals. Right. And um, anyway, that's kind of. Hmm. That would be one of them. Um, like, I, like, I knew all. like. Back in the day when it was uh it was um Drew Lachey, mm-hmm. Nick Lachey's brother okay. was on it, yeah. like the s- second or third season. Yeah. And he he killed it and I got super into it. Uh-huh. And then uh I started watching it when like Apollo Antonono won with Julianne right. Up. Right. Like I started actually rooting more for like the professionals that were on from season to season okay. than there were on um actually the the celebrities. Right. But anyway, I got But now that it's all professionals, you're like not into not it. Not really into okay. it. And it's just kind of it's kind of annoying because the, the judges now mm-hmm. aren't as strict as they used to be mm. like they used used to have to be really good to get like an eight for sure and now they just like week one they're handing out eights oh, for people who aren't okay. even really that good okay. and it's it's like the th- like you're getting tens like the second or third week mm-hmm. so there's there's no ro- like there's no technical room for oh, improvement right, right, right. with the scores yeah so it's like yes th- you can see certain celebrities getting better over time but the scores aren't changing are there different judges like that no, it's the same. It's been the same three judges oh. from the very beginning. But they're judging differently now. Yes, they've, that's they've, weird. Yeah, I, I don't know if it maybe it was like a a network decision right. to try or producer Production, decision, yeah, yeah hmm. to to get them um, a little less because mm-hmm. they used to like hammer like uh, Christina Bryan from the uh, uh, Cheetah Girls was on it mm-hmm. and she was killing it. Mm-hmm. Like she should have won, but she had a lift. On fo- like on a foxtrot, which you're not supposed to like lift at all <laughs> on a foxtrot. Okay. So she like she lifted and Cariana Naba, uh-huh. one of the judges, yeah. hammered on her, gave like a three. Oh. That caused her to go home. Whoa. And it was nuts. Like she was heads better, like than right. anybody else in that competition. Right. Elio Casarneves, the race car driver, ended up winning that season. It shouldn't have been like oh. he shouldn't even have been close, like sniffing it. Should have mm-hmm. been Brian. But like nowadays, like you see mistakes consistently over time. They're allowing lifts, right? Because I think this like the celebrity pool is starting to dry yeah. up a little bit, yeah. Because the athletes, the the difference between like an a- an obvious like an athlete like Jerry Rice, right, versus, I mean, some D list celebrity, right. it's going to be gigantic. So I think they're doing as much as they can to try to even maybe even, even the out. playing field. Hmm. I don't know, but that's my guilty pleasure is watching a lot of. Um, just watching Dancing with the Stars. I also watched The Bachelor and Bachelorette. I almost mentioned that as like something that would be so embarrassing <laughs> to admit to watch. It's oh, I I I'll admit it. I well, I don't know if it's I enjoy watching it, but right. it's not something I watch week to week. Okay. I'll watch it when Kylie's watching yeah. it and I enjoy watching it. Right. Um but sometimes it's like those people are they're on it. It's almost not even there's two things I hate about it. Okay. One is that they need to give a thesaurus to the people on that show. Right. Because they use the exact same adjectives to describe every situation that they're in. <laughs> I love... Like or, what? Um, or they're just like 
are just like very generic. Uh-huh. I I love that. I'm in. <laughs> I love him. I'm in love with her, and it's just uh, I just very. It just they don't change it up at all. Right, it's the right. exact same description. Every season, every single season right. from in and they. I don't know. They just don't. They need a thesaurus right. because they they have it's the same wording every yeah, single time for sure. And then the other thing is is it seems like these people are not really in it to um, find true love. I guess how could you find true love on a show like that? But they're all because they all become Instagram famous after the show, so they're all just pretty much on there to promote their own brands for sure. For and sure. And this is just like a. You know, this whole thing is just a farce. Anyway. Right. So I guess it's like as long as you understand that and you just kind of watch it for yeah. stupid brainless television. Yeah. It's kind of it can be kind of fun. Yeah. So Jen, Jen will watch. She doesn't watch it like weekly, mm-hmm. but she'll kind of have an idea of what's going on. And one part of it that I do enjoy is like I'll watch like the finale just because they kind of recap all the drama and just kind of quick and dirty. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you get to see who they choose and. I guess some seasons there's drama or whatever, but yeah, my my um, th- it's so bad when the macho guys when they do like this, uh, the guys tell all event at right before the right before the season finale, and they have like all of the guys that were on the season sitting in the room, and then they bring the bachelorette up and they do all these interviews with mm-hmm. like the annoying guy of the house or the um, like kind of like the villain, and they right. interview these guys and all these dudes like stand up and try to fight for the honor of the bachelorette and it's so cheesy (laughs) oh it's so bad what's weird about that show is like so they she chooses somebody months before it airs so those people can't be seen together Mm -hmm. even though they're like technically engaged and they've only been dating for like they've only they haven't been dating by themselves at all right because they've always been competing with other people right you know that only lasts like three months this whole process only lasts like three months so like then you're gonna you're gonna take three months off for sure and and like i think that's probably why a lot of those end up failing right you know what's interesting kind of counter to that is in big brother you have these showmances Mm -hmm. and you're living with kind of the people that you're now dating, Uh, but you're not living in the real world. You're provided food. You're provided somewhere to sleep rent free. And you literally just spend every single day with this person in a game where you're competing to survive for half a million dollars. And then Mm. outside of the house, it's interesting to follow up with some of these couples to see how many of them actually continue their relationship. Um, There was actually the first, um, there's been several Big Brother babies. Wow. Yeah. Conceived on the show? (laughs) No. Oh. (laughs) But they do. Yeah. They are like having sex on the show and like on the live feeds, people see that stuff. Really? Yeah. That's awkward. Yeah. It's super weird because like, and then sometimes the show will like show that they've like, they're under the blankets and the mm-hmm. blankets are moving. Uh, dude, your parents are watching you weirdos. <laughs> dude, it's so weird. That's but it's odd. Yeah, they'll uh there are some couples that like have made it and just like there's one couple in particular uh that Jen and I adore and we follow them on Instagram and one of them was a host for like more CBS like internet shows okay. and stuff and he kind of got to go on and do more but yeah, so that's interesting that so in your in the bachelor's case, you know, you're kind of not really dating, but then in Big Brother, you're with that person every single second of mm-hmm. the day. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah, you're not really dating, but then all of a sudden, if you end up engaged, like right. you're engaged, mm. which is kind of like a big 
jump for right? sure i want to see what you could think about this have you ever watched the bachelor to the point where it's like the final three girls and they do like the, the uh the fantasy suites mm, is that where they like they like go on this huge like european like no so like it's the no, only time no like the, the it's like really the only time that the bachelor or bachelorette ends up spending with each individual person that's left just before like the, the proposal like the the, yeah. the the proposal happens okay so they go on like a day long date in mm-hmm. the hometowns or like uh or in like the city that they're in right okay yeah like the final the final yeah. city that they're in and it gets to the end of the day and they're having dinner and he has like a key like the bachelor will have a key and he'll be like would you want to come you know to my fantasy suite and spend the night with me which, dude, that's kind of like modern day rape, right? Because what if that girl says no? He's not going to pick her for the show. Oh, yeah. You, it's kind of like using his power right. to get her to sleep with him. Also, and then he moves on to the next girl the next night, and then the next girl yeah, the next so night. Does so does he have three keys to so just these, hand out? These, yeah. Oh. So these three girls <laughs> are like thinking like the other two are going to put out. So oh. should like if I don't is he not gonna like propose Does that to happen me on that show? Yeah, and it's super awkward. You should watch um, Ari's season from it's like the last Bachelor because they're on the Bachelor right now. I think I now. saw that. He is so awkward about it. He has it like hid underneath like uh, a napkin. What? And he super awkwardly makes a joke and he uses like the same joke three times <gasps> in a row to be like, oh. Look what I found. And For all three the, girls? Yeah, and he like pulls out what the key. What a creep. Dude, he's super creepy. Yeah. It's it's all dude, that, that whole thing is like the whole fantasy suite thing. Right. Is really kind of rapey. That is a weird element to include on a show on ABC. Yeah. That is weird. It, it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to watch it. You should. It's <laughs> it's painful. Super creepy. In my in my last thing, really quick, it's yeah. a movie that I absolutely adore. Oh and gosh, it's What a Girl Wants with Amanda Bynes. I is that the one where even, she's a soccer player? No, it's the one oh. where she goes to England and her dad is like a member of the House of Lords. Oh my she, gosh. Okay. And it's like she like I don't think her I've seen her, it. her and like he and her mom. Mm-hmm had like his Bedouin wedding when they were in Africa together, like uh-huh. in Morocco. And he and then because she was like this American hippie uh-huh. and he was like this proper British right. lord. Like classic story. Like, yeah. Classic like he, case. They couldn't really be together. So like the but but then it turns out like the butler um split them up on purpose because he was trying to protect the British guys uh-huh. like, you know, decency. Right. Instead of you know like the embarrassment of marrying an American hippie. hippie. Dirty hippie. And so like she finds out like who her dad is. So uh-huh. she flies to England and tries to meet him and all and shenanigans ensue. And and it's it is so cheesy. What's it called? It's called What a Girl Wants a with girl Amanda wants. with Amanda Bynes. I'm sure I think Jen likes Amanda Bynes movie. She loves uh She's the man. That's the movie. Oh, that's a good about. movie. Is that that's where she pretends to be a male soccer player? Yeah. 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 That's a good one. Yeah. That has Channing Tatum in her, right? I don't know. Maybe not. I think so. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's that's it for <laughs> that's it for me. That's our guilty pleasures. Yeah. I like it. Um so you uh worked today, but you were taking some notes on some things you wanted to discuss. We had a we had a huge international um politics episode last week. Mm-hmm. Um with our first guest Matt and I, I really enjoyed that. I think it went well. I thought it went well too. Um yeah. but what do you want to talk about today? Well, so I want to start with an anecdote, okay. and that's something that happened to me personally a couple of days ago when I was at the store. For those of you who don't know, I work at a gun counter. Mm-hmm. I sell firearms. That's kind of my job. I've had it since high school, 
and I enjoy it for the most part, but there's some really, there's some trying times, especially when you end up having to, you know, people want to talk politics with you mm-hmm. and you're kind of in a precarious situation because right. you can't really argue with them or Does agree that happen often when people want to talk politics? You'd be amazed. Really? You get the old guys who like, like just want to come in and like you're a captured audience because like they're the customer and uh-huh. you're you're the person who's supposed to be waiting on them. Right. So like they think they can just use you as uh-huh. like a captive audience and you're stuck there having to listen to them. Do they do they bring their? Do you guys allow them to like carry in their soapboxes? Uh, so like uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're right and just stand up on a soapbox right. and preach to me. Right. Gosh, no. Um, it's always awkward though when you get like the old guys who bring in fanny like have fanny packs because uh-huh. you know exactly what's in that fanny pack. What's in it's that their, fanny it's pack? It's their gun. Oh like, really? Pretty much. If you see a if you see a fanny pack or on a, in a gun counter, uh-huh. you know that there's a gun in that fanny pack. Right. Or like you get like you get these big dudes who think that they're concealing their guns. But they're wearing way too short of shirts, and it always pops up. Like you would be amazed, like the crappy attempts at conceal carry. I feel like you, you need a reality show of oh, you behind the counter, dude. If oh my gosh, I have so many stories about gun counter people. So what's your story uh, that you had to? So this has more to do with I think, um, it, I think it, it it speaks. It's kind of like a microcosm okay. of the our current political culture mm-hmm. right now in the United States. So. I'm at the gun counter. I'm helping this kind of older gentleman. And he, after we had kind of gotten done talking about guns, right. he goes like, oh, I'm glad to see you're a Jets fan. He's like, go Jets. And I'm like, yeah, J-E-T-S, bro. Like, I'm happy. Like, I was like, I didn't say bro. But I was like, I was like, yeah, they're going to be, I think they're going to be better this year. Like, yeah. I think Darnold's going to be good. And he says, he goes, I don't know anything about that. I, I, st- I didn't watch him last year and I'm not going to watch him this year. I should have known why he didn't watch. Right. But. I was dumb enough to ask, oh, why? And he's like, oh, because they kneel. He said that yeah. just so you would ask. I know. Yeah. Exactly. So I was like, he's like, oh, because they kneel. And I said, well, Uh-oh. players on the NFL kneeled. And I couldn't stop myself. Uh-oh. It was it was out. It was out before <laughs> I could stop myself. You're trying to like catch and your words. And, and it, was or- it was already out. And, yeah. and I was like, well, the Jets didn't kneel. And I go, um, there were players around the NFL that chose to kneel. Right. And then that week when there were every team in response to Donald Trump's comments about Colin Kaepernick and some of the other kneelers. Right. Um, people who chose to kneel. I don't hate. I'm not going to use the word kneelers. Like, I think that's that's a bad connotation. Right. Um, anyway, the people who chose to kneel for yeah. the national anthem. And I was like, the Jets that week, there had been no Jets kneeling up to that point. And I right. said, that week, they chose to, every team chose to do something different, and uh, the Jets chose to stand at midfield, link arms, and stand in solidarity Right. in the National Anthem. That's what they chose. You saw that same thing in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, a lot of NBA teams didn't kneel, but they chose to they, link they arms link, like They linked that. arms and, and showed solidarity with the, you know, those who were choosing to take a step further in their, in their protest. Um, the, he's like, nope, I saw him kneel. I said, I said, I said, sir, the Jets didn't kneel. Why did you respond to him? Because I can't help myself. You are 99.9% of the time. You're pretty non-confrontational and passive. Mm -hmm. But in this case, you're like, nope. (laughs) 
Well, he was wrong. Right. The Jets didn't kneel. Right. There was no Jets that kneeled, and I don't care it's if because it was the Jets. I don't care if they did or not. Yeah. Like I don't. If a Jets had chosen to kneel, right. Right. I would have been totally f- supportive of For him sure. doing that. And the owner, and the Jets owner, which I applaud the Jets owner, mm-hmm. is said that he is going to pay any fine that a Jets Whoa. player gets for kneeling. So That's he's giving awesome. he's giving them the go ahead to go and do what they feel right. is necessary. I love that. That is cool. It's one of the reasons why I like the organization. That's cool. Um, the anyway, so this guy is adamant that he saw Jet players uh-huh. kneeling, uh-huh. and they j- it's just not true. Right. So I asked him. I was like, "What player?" And he said, he just, he just, I, I saw it. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, like Fox. I wanted to say, oh, oh like, oh, like I Fox. thought you said that. No. Oh, my heart dropped. <laughs> I know. I would have been probably been fired. But I was like, I wanted to say, like, the thing that popped in my mind is like, oh, when Fox News said they saw the Eagles kneeling, mm-hmm. when they just took footage of the Eagles kneeling for prayer after the game oh. and said that the Eagles. They did that? Yeah. You didn't see that? No. Oh, yeah. Fox News uh, co- posted a picture of. Uh, one of the DNs from mm-hmm. uh, from the Eagles. Yeah, and he was kneeling. Wait, maybe I did see his response. Yeah, so he tweeted at Fox and was yeah. like, "What?" He's like, uh, "He's like, I'm going to sue you yeah. for defamation because right. that's me kneeling after the game for prayer. <gasps> I wasn't kneeling in protest, and now you're putting me up, and I'm getting all of these tweets at me, right? Saying I, you know, I'm a traitor to the nation, and I wasn't. He was like, "That wasn't me. Not that I don't support my fellow players right, for right. kneeling, but that wasn't me." And you just, you, like, oh my like, god, for defamation. I was like, uh, like so that makes like that, I'm not joking. That made me sick right there. Yeah. Wow. And Fox News had to retract it, Did but they? you know, after like two days, and nobody saw the retraction. No, and everybody still hates that player. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. That's but I I just thought it's like it's the same thing like when Trump tweeted out that you know he saw thousands of Muslims in New Jersey celebrating 9/11 yeah. when there's no video uh, evidence nobody reported it like right. there's nothing but yet people say they remember seeing it too mm-hmm. just because Trump said he saw it so they all remember seeing it <sighs> so I just thought like man this is just a sad commentary on our right. current political right. culture and it's very worrisome when you put that you know to the you you try to uh, uh, you start attributing that more to like macro issues right and see how divisive we are we can't even as a society agree on observable facts right, anymore right right it's, so it's absolutely amazing to me i know you have more but i think this is a great place that i one thing that i wanted to talk about is and, and you know i you and i have both talked about how i grew up kind of in a liberal hippie household mm-hmm. and you grew up kind of conservative republican and um you and i and I've had a conversation recently this week with Jen's cousin, Micah, um, and he was talking. So Micah is identifies as a conservative, um, and he was telling me about kind of an interaction he had with somebody who um, was just also identifying as a conservative Republican, but saying these like terrible, hateful things about um immigrants and mexicans and wanting to kill them what yeah and so like he went like to violence i think so yeah he's kind of insinuating it he either said it or insinuated it but i think that's what micah said um and then on the flip side i sent you that video um from steven crowder of those liberals when he's trying to confront somebody who Mm -hmm. was trying to 
blo- like get someone to blow up his van. Yeah. Um, and then when he confronted them, like, hey, why are you trying to inc- incite violence on me and my crew? And then this mob of like liberals just started like shouting over him and not having a conversation. And so, what I think is important is, and what I think that we we could have a conversation about if you're interested is, sure. um, so. I I feel like and 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 this is kind of where I wanted to say what I wanted to say was so I feel like and I've talked to you about this I've m- <laughs> so I feel like I'm getting more conservative is what I initially thought mm-hmm. I'm thinking well, c- because I've exposed myself to more conservative arguments or counter arguments to the extreme left if you will sure um and so but also I see the actions of both extremes and I want to distance myself from both of them because it's disgusting. Yeah, it's a, it's a nat- I think it's a natural just kind of revulsion right to that vitriol that gets spit right from both of these poles. Right. You know. So I was talking to um my favorite professor, Dr. Donna Sinclair. Oh yeah. And she's very politically active yes. local locally and uh, I was telling her that I was like, "You know, I've always identified as a liberal and some of the actions that I'm seeing from the party and the people that I've always identified with are kind of embarrassing. And I've kind of distanced myself from that. But I attributed it to me being or me having a better understanding of the opposite, you know, the right and the conservatives and me having a better understanding of what they're arguing for, even though I've seen the extremes that they're, you know what I mean? So I'm yeah. ki- I've said, I said, I think I'm becoming more conservative. And she said, OK, yeah, that, that could be true, but maybe you're just more pragmatic. And I thought that that encompassed kind of all of what I was actually feeling mm-hmm. and that's actually that, thinking. That's very astute. Yeah. By Dr. Sinclair, yeah. which is not shocking right. because she's incredibly talented. Right. And very, st- <laughs> very smart. Very like smart. She's one of the my favorite people to talk right. to. So I think, you know, people, there are some friends of mine that are, are, are pretty conservative and hardcore Republican and Trump supporters who listen to this podcast. And I think that they think that we are just anti-Trump yeah, and anti-conservative and anti-Republican. Well, you've gotten that from people? Yes. About our podcast? Well, just, w- yes. Oh. But I, uh, and that's great. That's great feedback. I yeah. want to hear that. But I want you to have the opportunity to kind of explain that, you know, you have th- 20, almost 30 years of being a, a registered Republican conservative. And now with this administration, and I think paired with kind of the understanding and education and you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've s- I've spent the last like seven years of my life in a liberal institution. Right. So, I mean, and but then I work in a very conservative right. inter- so, in, uh, job. Yeah. So I, I am constantly immersed in both both, uh, you know, and kind of both vacuums right in a way so what i'm asking you i guess is so what is it about this administration as a republican sure that makes you want to distance yourself or uh, you call out the hypocrisy constantly what are these things that are just like i I can list off a million things kind of like i did with that stephen crowder video that the left is doing they're trying to limit language they're trying to essentially curb freedom of speech i see that on the left i see them doing that Mm -hmm. constantly and those are the kinds of actions that i'm just 
I just do not agree with. And yeah. so, but anyone who's a, a right conservative Trump supporter hearing me say that, they're like, okay, so he's he's conservative. Well, no, I there's a lot with that side that I don't <laughs> agree with. But uh, I can acknowledge that on the side that I've always kind of identified with that the way that it's evolving and the extremes and the polarization that we're getting into it's 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 hard to completely back that side and i i think that it'd be important for those who listen to kind of understand where you're coming from as far as you're seeing extremes on something that you've always identified with that kind of push you away okay yeah um man where to begin the um for me growing up mm-hmm. as a republican mm-hmm. and beginning school mm-hmm. uh really always being in interested in history and following on the history historic you know in on the path of it you know as a history major mm-hmm. um i've actually been more um strengthened in my like cons- i wouldn't say conservative right. but my belief in you know what the republican party has stood for right has stood for has stood for okay and that is not reflected in this administration at mm-hmm. all they're not traditional republicans and mm-hmm. i think a trump supporter would say well that's f- that's what we wanted we wanted to shake up the republican party. right okay um so others others won't that's not how he was originally billed mm-hmm. right like he ran as a republican but he's not ideological at all in any, by any means mm-hmm. it's just the republican party happened to be the party that he could rise up fastest through through yeah um in my opinion. So you have a complete about face of what I f- what I see as a core Reagan era Republican belief. Mm-hmm. Well, even before Reagan, but it was really recodified under Reagan. And that is the principle of, of free trade okay. of ca- of capitalism. Mm-hmm. And not um, what is being paraded as capitalism today, which is like a very nationalistic econo- econo- economics boarding on mercantilism mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um you know reagan reagan was very socially conservative conservative mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. he was economically liberal and what that and i think this is where a lot of this conflation comes and i, I made a post about this on facebook is that we lose what these definitions mean hist- in a historical context That's what I was say, yeah. like Amer- like all Americans, if you were to put us into a historical context, we're liberal. Right. Right. We believe in democracy. Right. We believe in, f- in essentially, well, we should believe in free markets and we have believed in free markets mm-hmm. in an abstract theory, in, ab- in an abstract, I- you know, kind of on the, on the abstract, we believe in free markets. Right. There's been times in our history where we've been less free market and times where we've been like super free market mm-hmm, or at least mm-hmm. attempted to be. There's never been a true laissez-faire government, right. like economics in the United States, but um there's been times where it's definitely been way more open and this belief, this um, kind of taking Adam Smith's um, idea of free market capitalism and attributing and trying to attribute it into the United, you know, in the United States economy with making sure that there is no, um, you know, there's no barriers to, um, you know, there's no barriers to entry Mm -hmm. and there's no, um, and, that which that means that there's no you know no tariffs no protecting your, your right, completely right. anti-protectionist policies that means that a state like the united states is going to um is going to focus on what it has the comparative advantage in right and it trades for everything that it needs mm-hmm. and you have this these this free flow of capital this access to resources mm-hmm. which i argued on my last on our last podcast that that has completely eased to tensions right and and that has been 
in a pol- that has been a policy that since that was both held by really by Democrats and Republicans right. in the post-war era. It's followed by Truman. It was followed by Eisenhower and so on down the line right. all the way through the Obama administration. Right. So this really isn't a Republican ideology. This is more of a this is a core foundational American mm-hmm. ideology mm-hmm. that Republicans have supported you know, more open mm-hmm. or more openly right. than than Democrats okay. have, you know, in the past 70 yeah. years. And now you have a complete about face. You're turning 70 years. Right. The Trump administration is turning 70 years of U.S. economic policy, mm-hmm. U.S. Po- uh, trade policy on its head. Mm-hmm. And I can't su- I can't support that. OK, because I can't support tariffs because I think that they what they lead to is hurting the economy right, and hurting right. the consumer more than they'll hurt the businesses in the long mm-hmm. in the long run which in the really long run mm-hmm. everybody suffers by tariffs because sure. because prices increase right. and then you take money out of the pockets of the consumers that means that they have less purchasing power to then buy from suppliers mm-hmm. and then suppliers are then hurt by lack of demand mm-hmm. Tariffs don't help anybody in the long run. Right, right. We've, we've discovered this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's doing this, perpetuating it mm-hmm. with lies. Right. That I mean, there sure, are blatant sure. lies, and yeah. I feel comfortable saying that. Yeah. He told Justin Trudeau that we have a trade deficit with Canada. Right. And that's just his own economic team. Right. You can look this up. This is in the Washington Post. Yeah. His economic team said we do not have a trade surplus or trade deficit with Canada. Yeah. We have a trade surplus. Yeah. So his entire assertion, right, his the entire basis mm-hmm. for these tariffs mm-hmm. is false. Mm-hmm. So then he likes to cherry pick. Right. Well, they're nationalizing some industries, which is in violation of the World Trade Organization. Canada? Canada. Okay. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. What they have done is that they have protected mm-hmm. their dairy industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What Trump has failed to realize, for Trump has failed to acknowledge is that we've done the exact same protectionist protectionist yeah. on certain industries. Mm-hmm. Our sugar industry is highly protected. Mm-hmm. We have price guarantees for US sugar. Okay. They have price guarantees for their dairy. Okay. So it's not perfectly free trade, right. but it's not like they have all of they they're protecting their own while we're completely open. Right. It's very it's there's a lot of parity for sure there. And now so the he's saying that these these tariffs are just making up for fifteen years of bad policy. Mm-hmm. It's been we've had ba- essentially the same the same exact policy. Yeah. That's that's my number one critique right, is right. that he's is that you how can you be a republican mm-hmm. and not support free trade right this has been a staple of the party forever right so me not supporting trump has nothing to do with me not being a republican or being right a quote right, unquote right. conservative right the party's moved on from me for sure and i see i see you saying that you know to other people who are supporting him and and your comments are always like this is not what we have stood for for 70 years like what are you guys doing because you're seeing this cultish following turning their back on american economic tradition yeah for what for a populist yeah 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 i mean he's he is con- he is convinced the united he's convinced many in his base mm-hmm. that the world has screwed the united states over right. for the better part of like 3 decades right and it's just it's just not it's just not true right 
Because, yes, the United States has, at times, had the foot a bigger bill mm-hmm. than the rest of the world. And we talked about that last week. In th- but that is... that When you're the world hegemon and right. you are in these institutions are formed, you are benefiting. There are so many intangible yeah. benefits right. that are on top of that. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing I want to... Like, the Republicans have always maintained belief in trade institutions mm-hmm. and political institutions. Mm-hmm. These liberal institutions. Here we go with that word liberal again, right? Shame on is you. that li- is are, does that make me a liberal because I believe in right, liberal institutions, right. plurality at the at the international right. level, democracy? Right. That is a liberal idea. Yeah. That has nothing to do with being like a liberal in whatever social context right. you want to put in the United States. Guys, people screaming at Jay Crowder. Right. That's just like I'm talking lib- like liberal on the broad, the most broad definition. Stephen Crowder. Stephen Crowder, thank you. <laughs> I don't, I don't listen. Yeah, don't no, listen no, 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 no worries. Jay Crowder is a, a ball player. Jay Crowder, yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> good power forward. I'm sure people decent, scream at him. Decent power forward, yeah. Right. Um, but Stephen Crowder. Anyway, back on track. Well, um, what, what you're saying, I think, right there is this idea of liberalism is for s- somehow just automatically tied to democrats yeah and i think that's the attitude and that's where people are getting it wrong yes liberalism is not bad but they're like well democrats are liberal so it's bad yeah no uh, americans history like in like i said i'm repeating myself right but in historical context like we the america right was born out of ideologies from John Locke mm-hmm. from Jean-Jacques Rousseau, mm-hmm. these very in in uh, in others, right. Voltaire, your boys, <laughs> not in so much Rousseau. Okay, but oh yeah, yeah, uh, no. the uh, but the, these these liberal philosophers that mm-hmm. were challenging the absolute monarchies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of the day that power is you know divine. You know you have these these rulers, these right. kings that are divine mm-hmm. that are you know, God in flesh right. and power is granted to these people to rule mm-hmm. versus the idea that, you know, power comes from the consent of the governed. Right. We give power to our root, to the people who then govern over us yeah. through a social contract. Mm-hmm. John Locke's philosophy right. greatly influenced our founders. Right. Thomas Jefferson, F- uh, Benjamin Franklin went to, f- uh, went to, France right, right. and met in person with Jean-Jacques Rousseau. Yeah, yeah. These people highly influenced the United States, yeah. the United States, and vice versa. The, the United States, Revo- the U.S. Revolution, America's mm-hmm. Revolution against England, highly influenced um, the French Revolution. Absolutely. So these are not like so. Yes, we are all come from a liberal, in right. a broad sense. Yeah, Americans are all liberals. Right. So we need to we we need to start using these more classic definitions and start blaming and start instead of labeling liberal as bad and conservative as good because it gets so conflated or vice versa or vice versa like they're not good or bad like what is conservative in the context of what you're talking about exactly because if i'm talking about open markets Mm -hmm. that's liberalism the definition of liberalism is open right right i'm a liberal economist right because i believe in open markets yeah if i was a conservative economist i would talk about protectionism right so so yeah and that's exactly i think how but even that right there i think is how it's getting defined 
conservative economics right there what you just said i think he's taking that to that extreme and now just trying to isolate economically yeah in in a way but try to control the economy right which he's and not doing not which he's not doing through central planning like a socialist would right. he's doing it like germany right. in the 1930s did right. it where you can have private ownership mm-hmm. of 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 uh of business mm-hmm. but those businesses are highly tied to the government and the government through this you know through a relationship with th- with big national businesses kind of have some sort of you know there are there is direction there mm-hmm. you better not do what the state doesn't want you to do right you're we're allowing you to own these businesses yeah. but you're not going to go over to another country mm-hmm. and build your harley davidsons mm-hmm. see what i'm doing here i see it i, I want to punish you Paint the picture if you do Paint the picture Jake. if you do that <laughs> if you for do sure. that for sure that's a, that's that is honestly i i, I that's a f- the definition okay so when i also fascism mm-hmm. always gets attributed with hitler right but fascism is just another definition of a political system exactly yeah it doesn't have to be attributed to necessarily to hitler even though hitler was a fascist right there's other fascists yes. around and there can be different levels of fascism exactly. not all fascism yeah. leads to putting jews in gas chambers right, absolutely um that's a f- this is a definition of a nationalist economy or a fascist economy. It's the mm-hmm. definition of a fascist economy. Right. Go Google fascist economy mm-hmm. and what is happening mm-hmm. right now and in, in at least the, in the beginning we're in the beginning stages of yeah. a very fascist economy. Right. That's uh, this is people are going to hear this and say I'm calling Trump a fascist. Right. And I'm not. Right. But it's just the defini- <laughs> it's just right. the definition of this term. For sure. And it's what's happening. You have you have um you still have private ownership so it's not socialist right. it's not state commanded mm-hmm. but there there is starting to the he is using the heavy hand mm-hmm. of the state mm-hmm. to um to force private companies mm-hmm. to do s- to act in certain ways that are or aren't necessarily in their best economic interest right. by the market that is a con- that's cons- the very right w- like that's god here we get getting on putting on a spectrum yeah. but it's a very conservative yeah economic policy right it's not by any means open Mm -hmm. which traditionally republicans Mm -hmm. have been very open Mm -hmm. economic right with their economic policy wanting to re wanting to invest in open markets to allow for the free flow of goods labor and capital across borders without without barriers right that is the definition of adam smith that was like that is the brainchild of Adam Smith that was then brought that was really then cultivated and brought into the American economy under Reagan, mm-hmm. and really kind of followed up until this president. Mm-hmm. You had, you have little deviations here and there, but right. for the most part, that has been a tr- a building block of Republican economic philosophy right. for the last thirty to forty years. Mm-hmm. And you have a complete about face from it from this current administration, yeah. and that's why I I'm a Republican. I I believe in traditional Republican economic values. Right. This president does not. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm. I mean, that's where I'm coming from. In just that. In just that one area. Right. That's a good answer. In a very long-winded answer. No, it's good. I just I think it it should have been not should have been, but it needs to be explained or or you know why. You know what I mean? Because there are there are some questions from some listeners who who do support Trump, and I don't want them to think that this is a, a Trump bashing podcast i mean we are his we've been trained to be historians so naturally there's a political interest there um y- in your case you're very 
economically interested. Mm-hmm. I'm socially interested, and that's okay. But I think that from either side, from both of us, we try to find. I mean, we're gonna point out hypocrisy when we see it, yeah. Because nobody else is. Yeah. I mean, some people are, but only to fit their agenda. We don't have an agenda. We're doing this for fun. We're doing this to have a conversation, enjoy each other. Um. Not because we have sponsors or anything. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. And and to be honest, like you kind of um. And gosh, you can't say anything without it being worried about how it's going to come across as defending one side or the other or attacking another. But when we were talking, when you said that um, Trump had said you 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 texted both Matt and I in a group in the group message, and you said uh, Trump said that he wishes people in this country stood at attention like the North Koreans did, right? And me and Matt start going off like, oh, he's an authoritarian. Uh-huh. Like, like that's just like here we, you know, here he goes his his pivot to dictatorship. Right. And you were like, no, he's trolling. Yeah. He's just trolling CNN because prior to that, which right. the media didn't show, mm-hmm. was that he said, oh, you're from CNN. Right. And then he goes on and says that almost as a troll to CNN because he knew how CNN was going to spin exactly. that going forward. Yeah. So. And then I started thinking about that. Uh-huh. Like I wasn't, I didn't initial, but that was that planted a seed in my mind, and I was thinking about it all night. And I'm like, I bet he was just trolling. Right? Is he really this? And, and sometimes it, it 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 is easy. And 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 I will say, like I do f- sometimes fall into this trap For of sure. everything this guy is doing is to the absolute detriment of this country. Right? And is that true? Gosh, probably not. Probably not. Right? And I'll and I will say there's two areas where he is doing well uh-huh. in my in my opinion. Okay. Well, okay. Uh-oh. He has done two things. He's said two things where well, that I that I agree that I agree with. Okay. One and just because it's topical, it's the North Korean it's the North Korean summit, mm-hmm. uh, not the North Korean summit, the NATO summit that's coming up mm-hmm. um in a couple weeks. He's going to be meeting with NATO leaders um, in Europe, and they're going to discuss about NATO policy going forward, Russian expansionism, which has always seemed to be ramping up in the last few years. Yeah. Um, what they're going to do with Ukraine, what they're going to do with uh, the Crimea. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he said, and he rightfully said, mm-hmm. NATO um, has a 2% uh, threshold for... Uh, if you're going to be a member state, you have to spend two percent of your n- of your GDP uh-huh. on defense. Okay. For collect for a collect basically, like, so you are you can answer the call if a collective defense needs to go up to defend another nation. Right. So if Russia invades Latvia, mm-hmm. everybody goes boom to defend Latvia. That's right. Article five of the NATO Charter. Right. An attack on one is an attack on all. Right. The only time that Here's a kind of a counter to him. We're yeah. saying NATO takes advantage of the United States. Yeah. The only time Article Five has ever been um, invoked mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. after 9/11. Right, right, right. On right. behalf of the United States, yeah. everybody went to Afghanistan mm-hmm. on behalf of the United States. Mm-hmm. Yes, the United States had the lion's share of the military there. Right. But everybody went. Right. Exactly. So this notion that everybody takes advantage of the United States and is never there for the United States right. is just—it's patently false. Right. But he is right in criticizing that less than half, mm-hmm. actually less than three quarters yeah. of NATO membership, which yeah. I think is like 17 nations right uh-huh. now, meet that 2% threshold. Yeah. That needs to change. For sure. Yeah. 
I mean, this is a collective security institution, and they're not doing anything to enhance collective security. Okay, yeah. That does yeah. need to change. For sure. If they're going to be members of NATO. Right. But where he goes wrong is that he starts holding, you know, Article 5 uh-huh. as a as a hostage, uh-huh. saying, well, I don't know if the United States would... Um, would answer the call right. on an Article Five invocation, right? Um, because you guys aren't paying your fair share. And how hypocritical does that look when the only time it's ever been invoked was to help the United States? Sure, which <laughs> he's right to point it out for sure. But like he does, he takes he takes an axe when he needs a scalpel, right? Completely pulling out of NATO or not reaffirming America's commitment to NATO, right? is not where this country needs to be. That's a traditional Republican belief right. that the United States should be at the forefront of these institutions, mm-hmm. and he's undermining these these institutions at every single turn. He does that with a lot of institutions, is undermining yeah. them. Yeah. So that's and there was a second thing that you said that you kind of, or you agree with? Yeah, that he's, he's going after China. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the most part. I mean, there's... He's right to call China a trade manipulator and mm-hmm. and wants to have them rebranded from a developing nation into an industri- into a industrial nation. Mm-hmm. So basically, that uh, that if they want to maintain their WTO status, mm-hmm. the World Trade Organization yeah. status, they would have to stop nationalizing their industries. They're allowed oh. to nationalize their industri- industries because they're labeled a less developing. A, a, a developing nation, which gives them a huge competitive advantage on yeah. the open market. Yeah. That needs to change because they're clearly not a developing nation anymore. Right. That's so, so they're allowed to use the WTO rules to their advantage right. because they're still labeled as a developing nation. They need to change that definition in the WTO. Right. The problem with Trump is that he's threatening to try to kick China out of the WTO prematurely, or he wants to defund the WTO. It's always these massive which, extremes. Which don't you don't have to blow up the institution. Right. Work to change the rules. Yes. Yeah. You are the you are these one world hegemon. What? You have the ability with your soft. If we still had soft power, right? We could yeah. get we could get the rest of those nations to then tell China collectively, right? You need to change your practices, right? Or you're not going to play if you're not going to play by our rules. Absolutely. Then we'll then we need to have a conversation. Yeah. And he's bullying his way in there and, and saying he my is, rules. He's alienated yeah. our allies. Oh yeah. And which is which keeps us from being able to call on those allies mm-hmm. to collectively all the might of Western democracy in their economies mm-hmm. to tell China, yes, you have a strong economy, but you're not going to last if you go back to isolationism. Right, right. We allow you to open your markets. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't have that ability. Right. It or at least it doesn't seem like it. Right. Right now. Yeah. So it's going to take a while to repair because it took about 70 years to get to that, <laughs> to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. What else did you have? Um, I wanted to talk about uh, Justice Kennedy and what that means for the um, oh, okay. uh, the Supreme Court. Right. Um, <coughs> so I, I'm sure you've seen that Justice Anthony Kennedy, mm-hmm. who is the longest uh, sitting mm-hmm. member on the on the Supreme Court, is retiring. Right. Effective uh, June 31st. I texted you. I was sitting here, and the news July was on. 31st. And as soon as it like it like popped up, I was watching a show actually, and it was a uh, breaking news. They cut whatever mm-hmm. show I was watching, and they announced it. And I texted it to you, but that's when you guys weren't getting my texts. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like, we've had no. a bit. We've had a bit. Inter- we've had a, a bit of a interesting um, phone situation right. going on. So yeah, I was totally gonna text you guys and try to talk to you guys about it, but it just didn't work out. But yeah. what do you got? So I don't know how much you know. Do you, do you? How much do you know about the the Supreme Court and its current makeup? 
I like so it was like balance of power. Four and of. four with the he was the split. And he was kind of the split, right. even though he's labeled a conservative justice. Right. He was appointed by Ronald Reagan, right? Um, but he has come down on both sides right. of uh, the aisle. Like he voted against Obamacare being uh, constitutional, mm-hmm. um, the way it was written. Right. He didn't say that socialized medicine is unconstitutional. Right. He right. said it's unconstitutional the way that the bill was written. Okay. And some elements of some it. elements like the 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 mandate. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. He said was you know unconstitutional. Okay. okay. So, um, <clears throat> but. So there's a lot of people, you get both sides, just screaming now about, oh, yeah. about this. Like, oh, yeah. You know, you've got the left who is saying that this is going to completely you know, reverse Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that, honestly, that is so alarmist. Right. And you have Justice John Roberts mm-hmm. who voted for Obamacare. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously not this, you know... Republican wonk right. that everybody, you know, that he gets kind of labeled as. Right. And then on the, uh, so you don't, is it, are you going to see this massive shift in power? So I thought, okay, so where, where is this alarmism coming from? Mm-hmm. And here's another area where I think uh, Donald Trump has actually done some good. Mm-hmm. And that is a, his appointment of Neil Gorsuch mm-hmm. to the Supreme Court. Okay. And I started thinking, I started research as soon as Can- Kennedy, um, Announces retirement. I started looking at Neil Gorsuch. Okay, because that's going to be the looking at him and his philosophy, his uh-huh. legal philosophy is going. I think really inform who he's going to select going forward. Right. So then that would tell me should I be worried mm-hmm. or should I be optimistic or should I just be like, meh, it's not going to change the, right. the dynamic of the court. And Gorsuch is much less of a hack mm-hmm. than Scalia was. Mm-hmm. I think Gorsuch has some really good philosophies, even though he tends to shy more towards natural law than common law. Okay. And what that means is that natural law believes that there are intrinsic rights that are endowed to humans by their, through their nature. Yeah. Which historically that has meant that you have, you know, it's ordained that there's God given rights. Right, right, right. So if you want to attribute that to how he would see something like Roe v. Wade, right, if it right. were to be re, if a bill were to go to the Supreme, like if a case were to go to the Supreme Court about abortion again, mm-hmm. how would he come down on it? Right. You start to worry a little bit if he believes that there's, you know, if he sees that, you know, rights are God given. Right. And then he's, you know, and you could see how that could get transferred to someone looking at abortion saying humans have a God-given right to life. And if you see life as starting at conception, you could see how he could come to the identity, to the, to the conclusion that abortion should be illegal. Right. Right. So, yes, there's a little bit of cause for concern there, but he's also, um, he's a, he's an original, he's an originalist, which means he believes that the constitution should be, um, should be interpreted in by its original intent. Okay. But I don't know if he contradicts himself as much yeah. because he's also a um, uh, he's also a textualist, uh-huh. which means that he want he only thinks that laws should be interpreted in the way they are written, mm-hmm. not paying attention to past precedent at all in terms of how they were s- like the social and historical context Uh-oh. of the time in which they were passed. Yeah, he said he said you only want I I'm only going to look basically his philosophy is that you only look at the wording of the law right. and what does that mean? Right. Well, if you're like a sociologist, you think everything 
is um, is socially constructed. Right. So how could you ignore the social aspects right. of, of that law? And then what are you doing today? Because you're being informed by the social norms of the day. Absolutely. So like your own, the current interpretation of that law is socially relevant. Influenced. Yeah, influenced. yeah, yeah. So how could it not, how could you then not pay attention to right. it in the past? right. So you, I could see where the alarm could, right. could is coming from. Absolutely, but he has actually with his rulings, he's not this for sure super big yeah. conservative. Um, like he's not any worse than Anton and Scalia would right, have right, been right. in terms of always voting on the Republican mm-hmm, side of the mm-hmm. issue. So obviously, time will tell. Right. Absolutely. But it's very interesting to look at the ideologies of these current justices. Uh-huh. I get I get way too into the justices. Like I know them all. Like yeah, I, I, and, you got their um, trading cards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've collected them all. Uh, you know all their stats. So like looking at the short list of who he's going to appoint in Kennedy's uh, right. place is is interesting in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one that is highly concerning, but hopefully it doesn't get there, and mm-hmm. that's. Um, congressman mike lee from utah he's not a judge mm-hmm. he's a current sitting congressman uh oh. who's oh, has a has his law degree uh-huh. and has served as a um as an aide to the supreme court uh-huh. but he's not a judge right which is concerning he's that, very yeah. very conservative okay he's um but once again he's He's critiqued, I don't know, once again, he has critiqued Trump in the past for uh-huh. not being conservative enough. He's definitely oh. a very Ted Cruzian uh-huh. kind of Republican. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't agree with the left's uh, kind of over the top, like panic, panic about yeah. it. But I can I can see where it, you know, where it could lead to that point. Right. But let's before we start talking about um you know Roe v. Wade, these fundamental shifts in our legal system. Let's let's get through this. Pro- let's get through the process. Yeah. Let's get through the process first. Yeah. Because some of the people on a short list are not bad guys. Right. Okay. Yeah. But I do find it absolutely um, hypocritical that the Republicans are saying that the Democrats filibustering this. Yeah. Is is like oh like it's unconscionable. Right. When the president said on. This was in a primary in 2016 mm-hmm. when asked about the confirmation of Merrick Garland. He said into his microphone to the Republicans on the hi- uh, to the Republican senators on the Hill, delay, delay, delay. Yeah. And now you're going to say that the Democrats are traitors because oh, yeah. they're doing the same thing you did to Obama's Absolutely. Supreme Court nomination. Merrick Garland, who right. is actually... As mo- most people said, another Anthony Kennedy, yeah. a conservative, like a fairly conservative justice who kind of comes down on both sides of the aisle. Yeah. It, yeah, it, super hypocritical. And I think that's kind of where that anger stems from is like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. We didn't we didn't get our pick. You're not getting yours. Yeah. So. Yeah. Drama. High drama. It seems to always be prevalent in this administration. Yeah. So one thing I kind of mentioned beforehand um all of this stuff has just kind of been overwhelming for me. Mm-hmm. As you know, I've had some personal things kind of going on. Yeah. That, um, and I, I know a lot of people listening kind of know wh- what was going on and what happened, but it was, uh, it made me kind of look, it changed my whole perspective basically on life mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's important and what means and, and what people mean to me. 
and honestly, I mean, and I'm this is gonna hurt our brand right here, <laughs> but honestly, all of this stuff, it's been so hard to care about. And and I'm sure I'll get right back into it and we've yeah. had a great conversation, but it's 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 my focus has narrowed onto my friends and family. Sure. Like so last weekend I went on my man trip with my ten friends, mm-hmm. ten guys, and I was such just annoying, like telling them every 10 minutes how much I love them. And like, I was thinking before you came over, like, man, I really, I just appreciate Jake's friendship. Like he's just a good dude. I love that guy. And that's, I'm a freaking weirdo hippie now because (laughs) I I just, I just appreciate those. And, and I, I think it's, it's harder to find today, but those who genuinely just mean good, yeah. Who are trying to do good. And when I see those people and when I have those people in my life, even more now, I'm just more drawn to them. And I just and so all of this just noise politically, it just it just makes like I said earlier about like Fox News manipulating that stuff. That is just it's just gross. It is. It's just not cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it just bums me out that that that's kind of kind of where a lot of people are like even on both sides just how polarized it is and how nasty people are um and i I was talking to jen today about it and when i get off the internet and i engage with people in person it's a lot better but as we've seen with your (laughs) anecdote about the jets and you know what i mean there there is still a little bit of um contention i mean even in person yeah but um even even like Jen's aunt, she's very she's a hardcore Trump supporter, um, and her and I get into it a lot. And I send you guys screenshots when we're getting into it, but it always ends with "love you," yeah. and like I just appreciate that. I appreciate that no matter how extreme or how intense or how nasty the rest of the world is, there there can be conversations had that end with "I love you." Mm-hmm. When, no matter how intense it gets, no matter how much you may disagree, I don't know. I sound like such a hippie right now. No, but you don't at all, man. And you know, having what's gone on in your life recently, right. like I'm glad you'll be able to find this kind of peace for sure. Like and be able to find happy, like for sure. look at the world in a happy way. Cause right, there was that was dark. Right, and I'm yeah, I'm glad everything ended up fine. Yeah, like, it's gosh, it was intense. And watching her go through that. Um, she got a blood infection and it was E. coli in her blood and just sitting there and watching her physically, she's going through this insane physical battle trying to fight through this. But for me emotionally, Mm -hmm. and I'm not trying to take like the spotlight (laughs) in any way, but what it's done to me emotionally, it, I've reflected on myself and who I am, who I want to be as a friend, as a hopefully one day as a father, but as a husband and as a person of society, like I just, I just want to be someone who does promote that good. And, and, and like I see friends and I got to give a shout out to the gay beards. Um, I don't know if I've told you about them before. You've, you've told me about yeah. Them, so yeah. my friend, Jonathan, him and his best friend, uh, they're, uh, the gay beards is what they're called. And they, they, they decorate their beards with like seasonal with like christmas decorations and just all these things and they did a ted talk um in downtown portland about love 
and I got to give them a shout out because that's that genuine goodness mm-hmm. that I, I just appreciate. Um, and I hope that through all of this nastiness, I hope that there's a reset and a balance of some kind. Hopefully it's not caused by nuclear war, <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to live in a fallout world, but I hope that... I hate that game. Yeah. <laughs> that game sucks. Um, but I just, I just hope that... You know, I, I, there are voices out there in the media, and there are celebrities, there are news people, there are people who are saying and hopeful about it's all going to balance in the end. I hear a lot of talk about, you know, this PC movement was was super, was as extreme in the 80s when they were talking about um, the music and they were talking about... Uh, just um, other freedom of speech laws that they were trying yeah. to, you know, so we've been here before. Um, I, I was having a conversation with Jen earlier about, you know, how much the Internet plays into that and how everybody has a voice. You and I have a podcast, so we have our own. We have a voice where yeah. people do listen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just hope that, you know, again, we're not here to bash anybody we're not here to hate on on anybody but we do want to provoke thought and i don't know analysis like look at if you're an absolutist about something look at why and then question it and then if you're still that way okay that makes sense if if you completely i just think that people get so like they just dig their heels into things and they won't budge and I think maybe this has to do with that identity politics. You have a you start identifying as a liberal Democrat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And thank God I have the ability to step back and go, whoa, 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 that's not entirely who I am. There are definitely things that the the opposite side of the spectrum that they believe in that I can identify with. Um I don't know where I'm going with this. I just hope that there's way more peace and love in the world and everyone can get along. <laughs> I, I think we, w- we all, we all wish for that. And I just think that it, it just, when you were saying this, all yeah. of this, and yeah. it made me think that we almost need just another enlightenment period, like in the 1700s. Yeah. Um, where you, you come to like you, the search for universal truths. Right. Right. Of human nature. Right. But, coming to conclusions through thought and reason yes and challenging everything that you hold as doctrine Ooh, they I were like challenging that. the church's doctrine in right. the 1700s right we need to start challenging the doctrines of what these definitions of of om- what almost have become religious cultish for sure of what is liberal what is democrat right i i identify as a liberal so therefore i got to check all of these boxes right. just like a religious doctrine right i'm a conservative i have to check all of these boxes just like a real, just like the Catholic Church, and you can't deviate from you that. You can't deviate, right? And in, I think we just we need to start coming to truth, trying to find some semblance of of truth, right? Through logic and reason and debate, uh, yes, absolutely. Putting everything that you have to say out into the marketplace of ideas and see what comes back, right? Right. Instead of having these closed off uh, vacuum style discussions with only people you agree with, right? And instantly labeling anyone who disagrees with you, and I see this on the liberal side, the side that I've always identified with, is just instantly calling people Nazis. 
Like yeah. just because they have a different interpretation or yeah. different point of view than you, uh, Ben Shapiro is a Jewish man, and he's constantly called a Nazi. And we may not agree with everything Ben says. We've yeah. had a conversation about that, but I think that he makes some solid points. But he's not a Nazi. He's not a white supremacist. Jordan Peterson, that psychologist professor from Canada, is just, uh, and just the media everywhere is playing into that polarization and that tribalism and that nastiness. And it just bums me out, dude. So that's what I was going to say to you. I said that to you earlier is like, I feel very peace and love and I love everybody, but I'm just bummed out Mm -hmm. by how nasty it is and i wish that everybody in their life could have somebody almost die (laughs) so that that they appreciate what they have yeah you know for sure i was uh sitting around friday at lunch after you know during lunch on on my my day of construction Mm -hmm. and sitting it was one of it was pablo's birthday and pablo and his Mm -hmm. brother mario have worked with my dad on Mm -hmm. the construction crew for better part of 15 years like they're super close that's awesome and they're great super great guys and it was his birthday and you know um uh, ricky and an, another latino mm-hmm. uh, went who works with them went and bought pizza for the whole crew and Whoa. we just sat around at lunch like we pulled all the um we set up like uh, we had a, like some brought a table and we set all set up around and mm-hmm. just you know shared pizza and right. gatorades together and right. just talk to each other like we're human beings and after we all, busting your ass we all come <laughs> yeah we're all you know we all have like this unifying right experience of hard work right and working towards something as a team right and all have these different ethnic backgrounds and right. different statuses right and political but none, but none of that matters yeah. we're just sitting around having a conversation talking about things the yeah. soccer world cup right that's an you know and you know how did mexico do in the right. soccer world cup oh, and yeah. just having these these this these human conversations mm-hmm. this very human moment it right was, it, was, it was amazing we need to strive for yeah. more and i think of that's that in our lives. what i was saying in the personal interactions yeah you know when you get online that group of people might be bickering about you know uh panama versus mexico versus you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. then it gets tribal and then you get nasty and you hate on each other but when you're sitting there after sweating in the sun working hard you guys have just like you said bonded and you're in person you're hanging out and now you can just chill and enjoy each other genuinely enjoy each other genuinely enjoy being done with work and having pizza and just chilling yeah yeah i don't know Man, well, there's a lot of bad in this world, but we I think we got to realize that there is still as equally, if not more good. Right. And I, I appreciate anybody who's who listens or or follows us on social media. If you guys, you know, if, if we're coming off some way, challenge us and we'll talk about it. Like that's what led us me provoking this conversation today because somebody did reach out. But I want I mean, I don't want to come off as as either A or B, you know, we're humans. So. We are on many different places of the spectrum, on many different things, at many different times. So, just call us out if 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 you're wondering about something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I haven't had any feedback. So, yeah. any feedback? It was from Jason. Oh, from your um, that plays Xbox. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I and he's a very bright guy. He's I enjoy a good dude. Pl- yeah. I enjoy playing Xbox with him. Right. So yeah, I'm gl- I'm glad to hear that. I. 
um, I ran into uh, to Megan at Starbucks oh, the other day. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I, she said she just listened to our podcast on her break, and I was like, "How was it?" She was busy, so I didn't really get a chance to talk right. to her. She said it was good, but she skipped through the game, the video game part <laughs> of our of our. I think it was our third episode. Yeah, and so yeah, I, thought, I, was, I laughed. I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah, we get down to some random topics. But you know what? I talked to somebody else who listened to that episode and was like, "Yeah, after got into the other stuff after the video games, I kind of checked out." Yeah. So there are different people who listen to for different reasons, which I I, I adore that. I mm-hmm. love that. And that's kind of the nature of our podcast. Right. We're just a hodgepodge of, right. hodgepodge of stuff. So it's kind of a flavor of the week thing. If yeah. you like what we have to talk about, yeah. keep listening. Someone, uh, the the woman at uh, Dutch Bros was like, what are you up to today? And I was like, oh, I'm recording an episode of my podcast. And she's like, oh, what's it about? And I'm like, uh, I mean, obviously we stick politically and historically, but I mean, we do talk about video games and sports and all kinds of nonsense. So guilty pleasures, right? Guilty pleasures, dancing with the stars. What else you got? Okay, we're gonna get back into politics here. Yeah, you had one more thing that you wanted to talk only about because I, I find this incredibly fascinating. Yeah, and I'm not gonna make any normative statements at all. I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna try to. Okay. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay this out. Okay. Say what I think. Okay. And we'll just call it. We'll call it at that. Okay. I won't get too too in deep to it because I th- I could go really down a rabbit hole. Right. This. So for those of you who uh, pay attention to and um, remember, I don't care about any of this right now. Yeah, no, <laughs> you are you are out and you're in left. Field I'm on right a cloud now. right now. You're I'm on, on cloud, cloud nine, living cloud, it up. Yeah, and that's a great place to be because <laughs> I'm down here in the drudgery <laughs> of uh, American just politics. Kidding. Yeah, what do you got? So Ocasio Cortez, right, woman who won uh, her Democratic primary mm-hmm. in New York's like third district. In she the ran Bronx. as a Democratic socialist, right? Ran as, ran as a Democratic socialist or social democrat. What well, no, she ran as a. Okay, so Bernie Sanders coined the term Democratic socialist, right? Which is not a traditional um, political right. definition. Right. So he might just be coming up with his own thing and labeling it. Mm-hmm. But what I think what he the ideology that he adheres to is right. social democratic. Right. That might just seem like to the to lay, to a layman that's just semantics. Where right. It's you know terminal similar terminology that may basically mean the same thing. For sure. Thing. For They're, sure. I don't. Maybe they do. Maybe right. they, he's just conflating terms and he's using like a slight terminology change. But it's social democratic. What that means is that, um, in a broad sense, that you uh, through a democratic process, you kind of take controls of certain aspects of the economy. You're instituting some socialist institutions and programs. Well, it it's not socialist. That's why he okay. called it a democratic socialist. It's kind of a misnomer, right? Because it's not. A, a tr- like a, a social democ- a social democrat right in Europe uh-huh. where this kind of stuff originated from uh-huh. is not taking direct control of the means of production right which that in order for in t- to be socialist okay. you have to have yeah state control of the means yeah. of production yeah that's not what a social demo- democrat generally is arguing for right they're arguing for more clamps on the economy Okay, 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 okay. Um, but not state-run okay. ownership or central planning. You telling, you telling a company how much they can produce or oh what they're gosh, going yeah. to sell it at. Yeah, you're um, you're basically more restrictions, more taxation. Oh, right, 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 right. On yes. industry, right. But it's still private ownership. Okay, yeah. There's just more government, you know, restrictions. Not, right. Not even direction. Just more government. More Leviathan sitting on top of right, it. Right. Okay. Regulating, kind of um, 
you know, how. Anyway, so. So she won. So she won. And okay. she beat on a, that platform. She beat one of the um, one of the longest standing Democrats in the House. Democrats? Democrats. Okay. In the primary. This is a primary. It's not even oh, to the general, it's not okay. even to the general election. Okay, okay, yet. okay. But she beat one of the most democratic one of the longest standing Democrats gotcha. on the hill. Gotcha. He was like the second or third. Many pegged him to be if there was a blue wave coming in November where the Democrats take back the House, right. he would be the next speaker. So oh, this is wow. how important he was to the Democratic Party. Yeah. The um like the establishment of the Democratic sure. Party. So sh- her winning throws a huge wrench into mm-hmm. the Democratic's plans mm-hmm. for this the Democratic Party's plans for this November. Right. What are we going to do with her? Right. Is this does this mean something bigger? Mm-hmm. Is this an indication that we're experiencing a really ground wave of leftist populism, mm-hmm. much very similar, and I want to parallel this, to 2009 and 2010 mm-hmm. when the Republicans swept back into the House right. on amongst the Tea Party wave, mm-hmm. basically pivoting further right, gathering this populist support mm-hmm. in reaction to who they felt was a guy that, a president who was challenging and fundamentally changing their way of life. Right. You see that same rhetoric on the left. Mm. And are you going to see now mm-hmm. a pivot of the Democratic platform, not necessarily with the establishment, mm-hmm. but you're going to see a lot of new, like the, you're going to see a lot of new, fur- more further you know, left Bernie Sanders-esque politicians mm-hmm winning on a populist platform because of a yeah. response to the president who is currently in power from the op- from the opposing right. party. That scares me a little bit uh-huh. as a Republican who mm-hmm. voted Democrat in the last election mm-hmm. because they still maintained some semblance mm-hmm. of those of the things we talked about. Right. Um because I felt like well Especially at the international level, the president has so much more free reign than domestically. So, like I was saying, like the reason why I voted for Clinton over de- over Trump right. was because I felt like, even though I didn't agree with many of her her domestic policies, yeah. I felt that the the balances of power, the balance of power, the checks and balances that exist in mm-hmm. our, the framing of our government, mm-hmm. would keep her from being able to institute a most of her more radical changes right like second amendment stuff right and so working at a gun counter guns are a huge part of my life right um keeping you know sh- be able to temper her mm-hmm. for four years enough mm-hmm. that i but she kept a lot of the same worldview that has been continued right. for a long period of time I'm right like, the person has very big through our you know, i think it was just there's no way the four the, our forefathers could have envisioned this global network right. so there wasn't really any checks placed on the president in our found in our f- in the framing of our constitution about what how much power the f- the, the president has abroad right. other than being able to declare war which is um has to go through the you know through the senate all senate i mean all treaties have to be ratified by the congress right. but for the most part in terms of how the op- president operates today has very few if any checks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't agree with Trump's worldview, right? So that's why I didn't vote for him. It right. simply came to where do they have the checks and balances right. on them, right? And who could be more tempered, and who had it? Who so who lined more on international, right? On the right, international right. scale. So as a, back to my original point, right? Um, I 
the Democratic Party still holds some semblance of the values that I hold, you know, politically. Mm-hmm. That may not be the case. Right. With come November. Shift, yeah. And so that's got me really worried. Yeah. Of where am I going to be? Like, where's my home? Right. Like, my, right. Well, I, 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 I migrated. Right. For a, for an election. Right. And now that rug's going to be pulled out from right. underneath me. Like, where do all of us in the center go? Right. Because there's a lot of us. Right. There's variations of this of what a centrist is. Right. Absolutely. But there's like, where do we go if this other party mm-hmm. pivots so far left mm-hmm. to something that I'm not comfortable with right. voting for? Absolutely. So that's what that's got me really worried because yeah. I'm looking at how did the Republican Party react to President Obama? Right. And look, well, so how it is? Are the Democrats going to follow that same line? Yeah, absolutely. And you could definitely see it happening. Oh yeah. In Ocasio Cortez right. winning her election, right, might just be a singular event that has right. no attachments to a broader movement. Yeah. But you gotta wonder. You gotta wonder. Yeah. Well, even in the rhetoric, you hear it every day. These extremes. So yeah. it doesn't surprise me that in that case you see that that large swing the other way yeah so ocasio cortez all like ran on like we're going to abolish ice right like you're not going to do that yeah that's pop that's a populist statement Statement, yeah trying to harness the energy of the people around you by stating applause lines as if you're going to be able to get that done and you get elected on that for sure it's the same thing Mike Lee did in Utah. Mm-hmm. We were just—I know we—I mentioned him before. Mm-hmm. He ran on trying to abolish the constitutional amendment that if you're born in the United States, that auto- automatically makes you a U.S. citizen. It was an applause line, yeah, because the, his constituents loved it. Right. It's not going to change no. a constitution. He's not going to go to the go to Washington and get it a constitutional <laughs> amendment changed. Yeah. But his people loved it for sure, for sure. And so you see this rise in populism now yeah. in both parties. Yeah. Oh yeah. So anyway, that's 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 uh, that's the New York one. The last one, the other one was a South Carolina Republican Republican primary Mm -hmm. in Representative Sanford. Mm -hmm. He's a four or five time term congressman in the House of Representatives. Yeah. He was the past governor of South Carolina. So very popular dude in the state of South Carolina. Okay. He's never lost an election Mm -hmm. up till now. Right. He won nine straight elections. Oh, wow. Never lost. Right. Just like LeVar Ball. Yeah. Never lost. Yep. And the he lost his uh-huh. primary bid to a Republican challenger who has no political experience Ugh. because, and this was their platform Uh-oh. against Sanford, Yeah, he's critical of President Trump. He's part of the swamp. This wait, wait. Who is part of the swamp? Sanford. Oh. Sanford is part of... Oh, because he was critical of Trump. Of Trump. Gotcha. So... His challenger ran on the platform that Sanford was oh. anti-Trump. Yeah. Which isn't true. Right. Sanford actually has a voting record of over 90% following the president's right. uh, policies. The two places where he criticized the president was the use of tariffs. Right. And he criticized the president's rhetoric at times, which seemed to be divisive. Which, that's, that's not that's not an unfair <laughs> critique right. by right. any means. So, um. But that was apparently enough to, yeah. um, to uh, to unseat this guy, right? Because you're not um, in complete line with the president, which yeah. is not a congressman's job. A congressman, right. we hold separate elections for our Congress for a set for a for a, for, a, for a very specific reason. Right? They're not beholden to the president. Exactly. They are their own separate entity. They're an equal 
branch. Right. It is not the job, just because they share a party, it is not the, in their job description to follow line by line the president's agenda. Right. They have their own agenda. Exactly. And, it's, and that is by design in the framework of our Constitution. Right. And this is very concerning to me. Yeah. That a guy that does not check every single box. Right. He's 90% there. Yeah. But because he's not a 100% in lock, he deviated step, from that. He deviated from a guy who constantly shifts his rhetoric, right, <laughs> about what is what boxes are supposed to be checked, right, and he didn't follow suit one time, right, Uh-oh. and he's gone, yeah, and being replaced by someone who's just going to toe the party line, right, no political experience, no political experience, oh, whoa. Yeah, I mean, that could backfire on the Republicans, and he could lose to the Democrat right. in the primary. Right. But I doubt it. It's South yeah. Carolina. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. So that's the two places that I was really concerned about. Yeah. And um, also, I it sat on a sad note, I didn't pass the State Department test. Oh. Yeah. I was going to ask you. Yeah, I, I needed 154 points. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what their scoring system is. It's, okay. it's a random. Right. S- they don't tell you what you got wrong. That's what you they said. They just tell you that this is the points you need to pass uh-huh. to move on to the next section. Yeah. And I got 140. Oh, I'm sorry, 150. Out of how many? 154. You got 150 out of 154? Yes. That pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> I was right there, man. I yeah. Right there. Wow. Yeah. And, and for a test that only 20% of the people pass, I feel like. <laughs> You give me another year. I took that yes. a month out of school. Yep. Um, not a lot of time to prepare for it. Hell yeah. You give me another year yep. and to gain experience. And because I don't think I was going to get through the second part of this anyway, because okay. that's when they start separating you based on your um, your experience that you have mm-hmm. in applicable field. Okay. Which is like, you know, work in government or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. volunteer, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere. Right. right. And uh, I don't have that. For sure. So I need that. But. Just in that first round, that's how close you were. Yeah, it was very close. That's awesome. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, in 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 of itself, I'm I'm proud of it. Disappointed, but but I'm I'm proud of my effort. Just prolonged a little bit. Just a little, just a little more delayed satisfaction. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's annoying. That's like that one time I was told I could skip the final if I got an A mm-hmm. on that exam and I got a ninety nine point. No, no, I got uh, for an eighty nine point nine. Oh, that was in Fountain's class, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did the same thing to me in that class, right? It's gold, so it's gold. No one, like one person per semester. Right. Say. Ugh. Well, like you said, man, just keep studying, keep hammering it. Once a year, right? You can take it once a year. Yeah. Yeah. Next year's your year. Hopefully. Maybe you won't. <laughs> Maybe, I'll find something your, maybe, maybe I'll you find won't something forget else. your keys. Maybe you won't have to buy a screwdriver. screwdriver. Set. Oh, God, <laughs> maybe that's why I failed. <laughs> no, but uh, you have a chance to kind of get more experience, and uh, maybe you get an entry level go- job in the government, local government, and do some work there. Yeah, I need to go talk to the mayor. I Old think Anne Marie McInerney Ogle. What? She's a family friend. She is. Mm-hmm. She was at that event. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you should totally go talk to her. I think my mom told her to listen to our podcast. <laughs> Even some uh, some uh, type of internship would be yeah. baller. So for sure, do what you got to do. Yep. All right, dude. Well, it's been fun, and uh, it's been uh, it's been a long one. It has <laughs> been. But I appreciate you hanging out and listening to me and my peace and love rant. Wow, it makes me happy. Yeah. 
makes me happy to see you happy. Hopefully next week I'll 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 still feel that way. <laughs> I'll hammer through this uh Just this week. Of, stay off of Facebook. And right. You'll probably maintain that happiness. Right, for sure. Well, uh thank you all for listening um to all of our past episodes and if you're new, uh thanks for catching up and listening to this one. Um we always appreciate you guys. We always appreciate your feedback. Um follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, subscribe on Stitcher and iTunes and uh, yeah we love you guys thank you for listening yeah thank you say what you